Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello my friend, my name's Sean and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that, with meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pitch Please, a podcast where people who play games pitch ideas to people who make them. I'm Alex, as always. Tom's with me. Tom, Wait, how's it going? You're Alex, you as always, know? or as always, Tom is joining well, you both. that sentence. It could be both. Okay. I'm Alex, as always. As always, Tom's with me. Oh, as always, I am Tom. And as always, we're joined by, as always, Chris. I'm, yep. These intros are getting worse somehow over, every week, <laughs> week by week. They're just more insane. Hi. Oh, that was it. I, I thought you were going to add something to that. Okay, no. That's all you've got this week. Uh, and uh, as always, we're joined by James, as always. Hi. Fucking hell. Amazing. <laughs> I, right. I figured we're Cheers leaning hard into the terrible <laughs> intro. <laughs> and Alex, we've got, we got, we got a guest. We've got a guest today. Yeah, it's been a little while. Alex. It's Alex. We got Al- it's a different Alex. Hello, I'm Alex Smith. I have the name of one of the members and some of the appearance of others. It's me, <laughs> an amalgam of, 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 of you lot. Uh, you yeah, do hi. look like what would happen if you mixed all four of us together. And then named it Alex. <laughs> okay, do, you, do you prefer Alex or Smith? Uh, whatever you guys are comfortable calling me, I, I don't mind. I respond to anything, really. I'm going to go with Alex, because I feel like when we, had, when we had Spiff on, he preferred Tom. I feel like the real names feel... You're setting a theme here. You're setting a rule. Yeah, a precedent. I'm sure that won't cause any confusion. Yep. Tom, I, I yep. need you to uh, fill like 30 seconds while I look for a tweet because I was going to bring something up. Well, you, you can right, use my brilliant. middle name, guys. It's Lewis. Lewis? Oh, that, oh, is it? <laughs> sure. Sure, we can go with Lewis. I'm Lewis. a Lewis, yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of filling space... I mean, this is a podcast that could be edited down, Alex, but yeah, sure, we, we, can, we can fill some time. <laughs> Uh, I like the way him, that you guys are still working work. out like your production principles. Like at this it's, point, it's just incredible. Like, well, I mean, we could even vision mix this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what episode is this? This is like episode fifty now, maybe something yeah, like right. that. Right. But um, James, uh, have you made any progress in uh, last week's big old pitch, the game that might actually get made, PP Extreme? I have. I have. I've got some lovely designs together. Uh, We'll go through those. We'll pick our favourites. And um, I'll probably be making a lot of like hundreds of icons for weeks. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. So so how many games have you guys cuz obviously I've been pitched this as like hey come come get your game made by these experts. That's what that's what sold well, Chris Yule said. I mean the ratio makes you a millionaire overnight. <laughs> yeah. He said no nay billionaire. I said. And I was like well it sounds yeah. like I need to get on that on that podcast. That's so, like, so how many hey, look games at my standard of living. Have you have come out of these these forums? How, how many games know? have come out of this? Uh so if this is episode 50, and I don't think it is, then the ratio is is about 
a potential one out of 50. So far, an actual zero out of 50. And you're hoping a I'm the one. one. <laughs> you might be... Well, last week's one might have been the one. This might well, be that the was two. A, that was a oh, card game. You know. But we have had someone make that's easy. a prototype of a game that we did make, <laughs> mm. like we did come up with, which yeah. was uh, John Quick John Card Quick. Slinger. That was, which that was a, a prototype endless, made for that. Who came up with that? Runner, but with a deck building. Oh, we've had two. We've had two because we had someone make... Um, uh, Pyrian's Pyrian's one as well. Oh, yeah, Pyrian's one. Yeah. Pyrian's idea was the same same guy, right? Okay, same guy, so it doesn't count. (laughs) He's been busy. How long is it taking to find this tweet? Do you know what? I can't can't find it, but I was enjoying listening to the conversation so much that I thought I'd just (laughs) just just keep it going. How long do I have to explain this idea to you? Like, As as long as it takes. Is this a one-hour podcast? Is this a 30-minute podcast? You know, that's what I'm getting at. Okay, so basically the way it generally works is the guests, We'll introduce the pitch, like as, as long or as short as you want. We'll discuss it for around an hour. It's usually a bit less. Okay. I mean, if you have a full game planned out, mm. amazing. Although that's probably going to end up being like <laughs> an hour of you talking. No. If you don't, I think generally the less you, the less you have, yeah. the better. Okay, cool. Because usually it ends up being a bit more like... We can okay. bring more ideas to the table. Then Chris feels like he has something to do. I need something I can shit on, something that I can like, and then give a name to it. What are uh, any, any tips for like how not to explain things? Like, do you guys have pet peeves of like certain things that people say or anything? Because I can imagine somebody going like, "Imagine, imagine like Pokemon in an Elder Scrolls world," and you're like, "Oh, fucking yeah, open no, world you, Pokemon actually, game! How original!" Like, you've you, nailed my pet peeve. Really? I think we, uh, yeah, something like uh, Skyrim. But it's the future. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck can we do with that? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's a game with just a slightly different take on it. Well, okay, yeah. so the things that the things that we that we pretty much introduce in almost every episode, which we need to get out of, and it's a bad habit, are uh, deck building, okay, roguelites. No, yeah. no, 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 um, no, no, no. We've no. stopped doing that. Come on, deck building roguelites have been in probably about half of the episodes that we've done. That's because they're uh, an untapped way. resource. XCOM has come up in some way frequently. Right. Um, yeah. th- like those yeah, three things. Okay. Okay. As has Hitman, as has Papers, Please. Um, okay. Those, those are very... I've got, I've got different ideas, don't worry. What have you got for us today? Oh, do you want me to, do you want me to start? What's your pitch? I'm going to start. Please do. Okay. So, imagine a Skyrim world. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So, basically, it is a deep sea diving game. Right. So uh-huh. um, essentially you and three, probably three friends, maybe two friends, um, we, you go down into a diving bell and you have to perform various operations on the seafloor or around a particular object in the sea um, and then come back into the diving bell and complete it. Akin to how phasmophobia works with the van and going into the oh. house. Okay, so uh, you have a preparation stage where you start in a saturation chamber where you choose where your ship will go, as in, do you want to go and repair pipes in the North Sea on an oil rig for, you know, $10,000? Or do you you want to go and dive a uh, a wreck of a ship that might have treasure on it in the Mediterranean. Um, and essentially you and your friends will choose a destination on a map um, and then you will the ship will just 
go there you know like no need to animate anything in between it'll just sort of fade to black yeah. and fade up again you're in the mediterranean it doesn't matter because you were in the saturation chamber already so you can't see shit anyway if you're unfamiliar with what a saturation chamber is it's a, a chamber usually on a ship used to accustom uh, acclimatize divers to the depth they will be working at so it allows them to easily stay at depth because normally human bodies when they go down to deep depth diving they can only stay down there for a very short time before um you need to start bearing in mind things like um when you come back up are you going to get the bends how long do you need to stay down right. there for to uh, feel to allow your body to adjust to release that nitrogen to stop you from getting the bends and, and all this sort of stuff you know that so saturation diving is a way to get divers acclimatized to a certain depth so they can go down work at that depth come back up no problem just keep going up and down but anyway I'd hopefully you know a little bit about diving but essentially yeah so what happens is it's underwater it's, you, you, yeah. you're, you're doing your work at depth now there's a, there's a couple of important stages so you start in the saturation chamber and in there is where you choose your destination you then buy any equipment like in phasmophobia where you're buying equipment to go and perform your stuff you can get stuff to make things easier you know brighter lights because it's going to be very dark down underwater um, you know heavy shoes that allow you to walk around better on the base of the floor or perhaps like you know the equivalent of a jet pack which would be something like a you know a little uh propellered thing um uh -huh. and then after that after you've bought your equipment you go into the diving bell where you uh, uh, you have a diving bell usually called a bellman who is a person that stays in the bell the entire time during the dive controlling things similar to staying in the van and phasmophobia and watching through screens and directing things the bellman also uh, puts out into the sea what the divers use as an umbilical cord, which has your air, some warm water, things like that to keep the diver alive, right? So the bellman is very much sort of like working with the team, communicating with everyone, making sure they've all got what they want and know where they're going. Uh, from the bell, you dive your other two divers. So they dive through the bottom of the bell and out into the water. They're connected to the bell via a, uh, a long hose, right? And that's their lifeline. They lose that, they're dead. Um, and it's uh, very much a part of the skill of a deep sea diver is you making sure that umbilical is, you know, pulled around things and like not get, doesn't get wrapped and things like that. They then have to navigate in complete darkness, usually with terrible visibility because they're on the seabed floor, which means they're kicking up all the crap. So you're going to have very little visibility. Okay. And they have to navigate to the, the pipe or through the ship and find the objective. They then have to navigate back come back into the bell, you know, all the while the bellman's doing things like adjusting their oxygen, adjusting their heating, pulling pipe in, letting pipe out, right? They come back into the bell. The bell then goes back up into the ship inside their saturation chamber. And that's when they sort of reap the rewards and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, that's essentially the game. Okay. I'm so, already quite frightened just listening to that. It makes me yeah, quite uncomfortable. I mean, when you first said the idea, I wasn't expecting phasmophobia, but I get it in terms of like the buying stuff and sending it into the each expedition or whatever it is. So is it like a kind of each each person on the team has very specific roles? Kind of kind of like phasmophobia doesn't, but I think everyone falls into those roles, like the person who always stays exactly. in the van or whatever like that. Whereas I think this, I anyone can be anyone can be the bellman. Anyone can be a diver. You know, you can make that decision in your team. I don't think you need to specify the roles. It's just that who's going to be the person that goes in because you know if something could go really wrong and you might need the bellman to kit up. Of course, this would never happen in real life. It would be considered incredibly dangerous. But you know, <laughs> right, the third okay. person could go. I'm coming in on like the emergency <laughs> air like, line. You know, so like because that can yeah. happen as well. They'll have a small tank with them that will be like if my umbilical goes, this tank literally gives me about thirty seconds more air to get back to the bell manually um and so you know you could be that situation but yeah i don't think you'd need to specify roles i think hopefully people would fall into them yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Well, they'd have to because otherwise it would all fall apart, I guess. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I first appreciate the fact that I can. you can tell from your uh, idea that you only play games well, most of the time with two other people and you yeah. guys always are looking for games that are multiplayer with three or more. Yeah. Um, but obviously with, with um, Phasmophobia, there's the the, the threat or, uh, well, is there a threat in this? Like, do you have, is there a shark which, you know, can go on the hunt like in kind of like in Phasmophobia? Do you have ways of defending yourself, lethal, non-lethal, deterrence or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Like what you so see it, it depends on how you want to theme it. I was imagining theming it more this way because the reality is wildlife does not really uh, pose a, a danger to deep sea divers. It, like occasionally they get bumped and things like that accidentally. You know, there was famously footage a couple of weeks ago of a diver, a swordfish charging a diver who was working on some oil pipes and the swordfish getting stuck in his gear. So when they pulled him back up into the bell, the swordfish was still stuck there like this, right? So that, that <laughs> oh only came gosh, out a couple of weeks man. ago. Yeah. Tasty. Um, but that's like, that's the closest they'll ever come to being a danger from the wildlife. However, yeah, I was thinking skew it a little sort of um, almost sort of Cthulhu-y in that you have giant mm. squid oh. and things like that um, mm. to, so yeah. that sort of come across as these scary things. And yeah, for sure, you would then say Say you can buy the harpoon gun, and hell, if if you manage to hook the big fish down there or something like that and get it back with you, you get even more money, and it also acts as a deterrent. Equally, yeah, like things like you could electrically put like a something on your suit that electrically charges you. So if something tries to grab you, you can press a button and it shocks it and releases you, so you mm. can try and get back to the bell. Um, yeah. I can imagine a really good scenario where you come across a pirate ship and it's haunted or uh, there are sirens <laughs> hanging about and so you've got to take <laughs> on yeah, to find out what ghost I mean, is inside it. It fits, it fits the Lovecraftian <laughs> theme quite nicely and it makes everything, uh, especially like with the old sort of steampunk, everything is, you know, mm. mechanical and brass and like old diving suits anyway. So I think I mean, it, well, it works yeah. to the theme. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up horror because I feel like um, when when you were uh, describing it initially, the, the first thought I had was it's not exactly it's not exactly Lovecraftian, but have you seen the movie Sphere? Based on uh, that, yeah, Michael yeah, Cohen, yeah, 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 yeah. Where they yeah. go down to the but the idea of just like a team of people at the bottom of the ocean, and it's not just going to be wildlife that's there. Like you, mm -hmm. like th th there's something else. There's some other kind of threat, which is pretty frightening. I think there's oh for sure that sounds. That sounds exciting. Is there yeah, a chance they'll um, find the rift and then you'll just see a kaiju come out or is that yeah, a bit too I much? Just swinging across the... Like originally, <laughs> I, I, it started as like, I learned to dive a couple, a year or so ago. It started with that element and like something that surprised me. Like even, so I only learned to dive down to like 18, 20 meters down, which is like the first mm -hmm. level of what, what is 18 meters to be clear. Um, to uh, the first level of diving, that's your limit in terms of safety, in terms of where you should be diving without, well, what considered you know the qualification system um but anyway at 18 meters that's enough in the uk at least for there to be significantly less light so you get that awesome kind of dark twilight blurring effect of things right so you know when it's almost dark uh, in, in the right light settings in the evenings and all the bushes and everything just start to become sort of like waving grays and blacks and things like that yeah. right yeah. so you get down to the bottom of the sea at that point and you have the the, the current moving these big kelp balls and things like that in this sort of slow ghostly way it's just like for me it makes you know 
gives me a hard on. That sounds like, incredible. I, I love that shit. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm like, dude, this is fucking crazy. Like, like you, you feel literally like you're in this sort of space-like spectral realm, and 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 the current is just pulling you along gently as you're flying sort of through this, this space. And and for me, like that was like something I wanted to capture. Uh, and because there is also the other thing about diving that I personally find very zen, but I also understand why people don't like is because mm-hmm. most of diving is keeping yourself alive, like keeping, like watching your dials, checking your 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 weight and your buoyancy, constantly concentrating on, if I mess up here, I'm going to drown, you know? And, and for me, mm. like that, that focus is really nice and, and it's a very clarifying feeling. And so I wanted to try and capture this idea of like, you may only be able to see sometimes a foot, two feet in front of you and you've got to keep your mind focused and not panic. And, and yeah, like, this, something to do with that. So is is that kind of an element of it that you um like that constant actively aware of your dials and things, like almost like um uh almost like a flight sim style, you know, like the like the idea of having to check your meters and things. Like is mm-hmm. that something that you're imagining to be in the game? Like you well, have to be constantly checking this stuff to That would be the that, bellman, that- right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that would be. Okay. I, it really depends on the way, you, the, the direction we want to take it in terms of, I either either a very practical approach to things like that, or but like by this, really, I think the feeling that you achieve by doing that is what I want to try and capture. And I think the idea of going for more of a dark, semi-supernatural feeling would achieve a much more sort of this almost alien feeling you get when you're at the bottom of the sea, because um, mm. you do you feel you feel like you're in space, like it, it's. Uh, sort of an abyss you know it's, it's very famously wrote, written about um yeah that's, that's what i, got, I think. Got, got a couple of thoughts here it, is this um obviously this is first person i assume you're imagining yeah. it's first person is could this make a good vr game because it's the yeah. very nature of putting putting a helmet on you can have your uh well what what came to mind was checking your wrist, checking your dials, and mm-hmm. having to constantly like look at your hand. But then obviously, if you've got the bellman, but I'm at odds about the bellman because will that be as fun to be the bellman compared to the two divers? Well, I was going to say a risk that no one's going to want to be the bellman because it's like oh, it's too much pressure. I have to keep you all alive, and yeah. I want to go and spear the fish with Sorry. the harpoon. Nice. I think um, if uh, if we go for a, a more unrealistic approach, that the divers outside of the bellman's room, which is basically the van from Phasmophobia, they don't have the information. They can't see their oxygen. They can't see the pressure levels. They can't see, you know, there's a fucking giant squid right next to you. Get out of there. Like, I think they've, they're going into the unknown and the unknown extends to how much even they have before they have to run away or how much time they have left before they have to come back or whatever. I think that could be really cool. Again, ultra unrealistic because they would have all the information ready for them. But it, A, makes the Bellman much more interesting and B, I guess makes it way more terrifying if you're at the bottom of the ocean. You can't, you don't know how much time Mm. you've got left. You've just got some walkie-talkie voice in your ear just like, you've got 50%, okay? You've got 40%. (laughs) Fucking run! (laughs) I think like the... The idea of, of the, the Bellman could be quite good, obviously giving the players less information and giving one player all the information. And as we're going unrealistic, we can sort of add components into that. Like a basic like sonar and you're like, I'm picking something up. I'm picking movement up mm. 50 meters ahead of you. And these like two other players, 
can't see anything. They, and they're they, like, and they're like and they're 40 meters. Will, you know, there'll be matter meters. floating across their vision. With the whole <laughs> yeah. first-person perspective, I'm imagining like almost their, their, their field of view is reduced further because you get the edges yeah. of the mask or whatever they're wearing oh, yeah, on the yeah, front yeah. of their eyes. So and like sound it, isn't really a... A yeah, thing. yeah. You the, just the, hear well, your breathing. The sound, the sound will be. Um, in fact, you could. I mean, you could do crazy stuff with sound, but I imagine it's incredibly complicated. But you, you know, you could because you can hear underwater. It's just that often all you can hear is currents and swishes and swashes and things like that. And like you know, I guess you could do a couple that are just sort of like pre-recorded. I was thinking, you know, like in terms mm. of pr proximity-based sound in current could be really interesting. But God knows how that would work. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, occasionally you could have like a. And the sound of like a, uh, you know, something big flicking its tail and then sort of moving away into oh, the distance. Nice. That quite yeah. famous like sound. The, like, yeah. the breathing out sound effect in Phasmophobia that you always fucking hear. Or like just a creaky yeah, exactly. you're like, what the fuck the, was the that? The ambience will be there. The, the ambience is very, yeah. very important. That constant tone mm. of, of, of something, mm. you know, and, and what that tone is will very much be able to, I think, dictate the feeling of, you know, what, what the player's feeling like right there as well. So one thing... I just sort of want to clear up. Obviously, with with phasmophobia, the goal is to identify the ghost. And in, in this, it, if we're going to a wreck and we want to get treasure, is there is that like one of many types of mission you want yeah. to do? Is there like repair yeah. jobs, and then that's the the goal? But there is other threats out there that could delay that? Is it timed? So before we started almost want? immediately leaning into the supernatural element of it, which I actually really like, like uh, yeah. immediately I'm like, yeah, there's actually the more I think about it. Yeah. The more that that's exactly, I think more exciting than I originally imagined it like almost like a barren fishing, the barren sea kind of simulator, you know, like very, yeah. I, I like my simulator games a lot. And originally I was like, you know, yeah, you literally are making money and then that allows you to buy a new ship, which is bigger. And then you can have like more, you know, equipment and larger hell. You eventually you get, submarines you know like mini subs and stuff like that like very much just mm, like yeah. build your farm kind of farming simulator s make money to make money sort of thing um but now i don't really know like i, I think ideally yeah it would be stuff like if it's going to be a supernatural element more supernatural inspired missions like rather than you know just simple money making then perhaps um yeah i think the lovecraftian sort of theme and the and the the steampunk style that you get from that i think because it limits the technology that they can carry, you're obviously limited by that. If you yeah. go around with submarines and, you know, thermal yeah. cameras and, and then you're like, oh, I can see everything anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the threat mm. becomes minimal. The threat is, is that you can't detect these things. You can't, you can only get hints that that thing is out there that exists. So like there's a guy on the sonar, he's like, again, 50 meters away. They're both blind. They can't really see. And then they only see like a black blob. Like, and you're like, yeah, that's the thing. And you're like, okay, yeah. well, let, let's try and negate that, whether it's getting inside a wreck, but then there's other things yeah. in there. Like, I mean, is there, is it like on, on in your mind, there's $5,000 worth of salvage in there. How much can mm -hmm. we get? And we can I only carry this much. Um, I'm conscious of it not just like, becoming subnautica is the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, yeah. That, like, which I love. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, it's yeah. the flip side. It's a sci-fi uh, environment. You've got all the cool gear yeah. and, uh, and then you've got alien underwater creatures that then yeah. can be more aggressive than say, Sword yeah, fish, I, I was they? I was going to ask about Subnautica. So Subnautica is a survival game in the underwater. But I was going to ask because you were saying that eighteen meters is when stuff gets starts getting really misty and like the pressure is. It sounds mm. extremely forgiving now that you mention that eighteen meters is the limit. 
Whereas in oh. Subnautica, you're going down to like 500 and nothing is happening. You can see everything perfectly fine. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the the <laughs> visibility is basically a big thing in diving. So visibility of, of distance in water. And that's why people go and dive in places like Egypt and places like that is because they have the right conditions for you to, for you to be able to see a very long way. The maximum... I think roughly you, you're going to hope for in, in diving in Egypt in terms of visibility is th about 30 meters. So you'll be able to see 30 meters underwater, right? Average in the UK is probably about two or three meters. Um, oh, shit. You know, so, wow. so I mean, how the like, shopping yes, cart go past. Uh, yeah, so, so you really are. And then as soon as you hit the floor as well, like you do not want to touch the ground or rocks or wrecks or anything because they all have a layer of silt on them, um, which is right. slightly heavier than water, but not that much heavier. So as soon as you hit it, it just plumes up and then just hangs in the water for oh you know hours. Um, so like you can mm. literally, you can follow a diver in, in the in the water usually just by following their silt trail um but yeah yeah visibility in something like subnautica is is, is ideal also there's another it's element gamified. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. there's another element of um uh, water filters the spectrum of light so the further the deeper you go the less colors you lose one of the first colors you lose is red um, so immediately, uh, so, so a lot of diving cameras like recreational diving cameras will have a grade in them that automatically boosts all reds to make it look like more like it would if it was on the surface. But oh, man, unfortunately, the reality deep. is the deeper you go, you lose more and more and more color. Um, so there's that to, to consider as well, but I don't really know you're how making, you're making the dev really easy here. Just, yeah. just quickly. It's like, okay, so we don't actually really need to make much because it's all going to be kind of murky. Yeah. Uh, we just need to have some really good shaders. That's our, yeah. that's our key. If it's like a Lovecraftian kind of, if it's almost like steampunky key, you could have like these little goggles where you're switching in, switching in different filters oh, yeah. to, uh, to see things. Like, so in, in terms of like the, like obviously you started off very, very much like a sim and quite realistic, mm -hmm. and we're starting to shed that away by the sounds of it. Um, are, you, are you imagining now like, uh, like, you know, we're, we're really going down into the, into the, the depths of, of the ocean to see, to Ugh. see what's there basically for different, yeah, like the, the point where it becomes like, I don't know if you, like if, if you've, if you've been diving quite a bit now, like, do you ever feel f at all kind of frightened about the idea of what's down there? Like, even if it's not going to be, even if it's not going to hurt you, but like something looming out of the, the blackness. I'm, I'm, I'm frightened of being frightened, if you know what I mean. Right. So, okay. so it's not, it's not the act of what I'm doing that scares me. It's if I do get, if I do lose it down here, then that is what's going to kill me. Um, you know, right. so it, it's, I personally relish the, the feeling of, of, controlling myself i suppose it's a bit weird um but is, you know is that like, something that we can tap into though in the game like I, like I the idea so. of like fuck if i start panicking i'm fucked yeah but exactly well, I was, I was like controlling if, that it's satisfying if, if the diver has next to no information about their own personal you know oxygen level etc maybe again there's a pre-recorded sound where you think like fuck did i just hear like the oxygen tank just click where it's like on 10 percent low and then they start rushing mm. back and it's like the bellman is like, no, dude, you've got like 75% left. What are you doing? That'd be um, a great way to do it, actually. So yeah. different things, like they just hear like, did I did I just hear that noise? And why isn't mm -hmm. the bellman telling me about it? So they start mm. rushing back. It's like, fuck no. And then they touch the floor and then there's a smoke plume. 
and no one can see anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's the thing. Like if you, you could have, if you move too much in an area, the silt is just going to get worse and worse and worse, which it would. Like you, you mm. literally need to do the whole idea of like, you know, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Like that's that's very much a thing in, in diving. It's all about methodology, uh, methodology, no, methodology. Jesus, methodology. <laughs> methodology of you know yeah check check your lines check your rigs is everything okay before you go in you do you know a check and you have your buddy check you as well and you check each other's gear can i breathe mm. through this you know everything like that like the, the, it's a i always as a kid wanted to be an astronaut and for me it's, it's as close as the average person can get to it, i think in terms of the presence of mind of your kit right. and the presence of mind of what you're doing in the water like is yeah. is is yeah nice. it's, yeah it's interesting but yeah for sure so it reminds me, of, like everything we said so far. I mean, it, I thought of this at the beginning when we were talking about uh, like collecting salvage and stuff. Was it's very much like Hard Space Shipbreaker in terms of um, slow movement. So if you haven't played it, it's a basically a shipbreaking game set in space. So you fly around it. Everything's very slow because of how you move in space. You have to cancel out any inertia you have by obviously thrusting in the other direction. So you don't just you know move around mm-hmm. constantly. Um, but it reminds me of that. So, like, you go in with a set of tools and you can bring in other equipment with you, but you, you go in with the equipment you need for that job. Um, in hard space, you have a limited amount of time to scrap as much as you can. So, I think in this, it would have to be different. But it, it reminds me of that where, that oh, hey, have you, got the, yeah. have you got the, you know, <clears throat> the bolt, the, the, the cutting tool? Have you got the slicing whatever tool we need. Have got the Amantide blade we need to cut this particular yeah. kind of metal? And yeah, I've, I've so seen big, that game you're you, talking about. Yeah, yeah. It is very much like that. Because it's so big, it's like one player takes that, the other player takes that. It's like, okay, well, we both need to work on this thing. It's like, are we trying to get through this bulkhead? Okay, so what do we need? Okay, we need this and this. If we both take one of these things, we can both get through, but... I like the idea find of something big in charges, there, like, you yeah, know, like something yeah. like that. You can you know, only they, carry so much yeah. as well. <laughs> So um, and maybe you have to go back and get stuff, which takes longer, and you have to. So plan it's almost out like a your... tomb raider underwater. You know, they're they're bra- yeah, yeah. They're, they're, fer- <laughs> they're raiding pharaohs' tombs underwater. Is I quite like the idea of that. <laughs> but it could, it could yeah. be that we can go through this door, but if we venture out into relative sort of unknown, we might find a different way in. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. and we save those charges that so we don't need to bring them with us. But then it's that exploration versus ease and and what you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be interesting, depending on how the levels are created, whether it's through a, a just set designs or like a, a level of random generation where you design chunks of a ship and then we modularly like m- put them together so it becomes, you know, a, a huge tanker. We can have different because obviously they they separate everything out with bulkheads, so we can just make them the bulkheads shut yeah. and, and design the individual rooms but like, okay this has a chance of spawning you know some electronics in it and, and getting on to that can we, can we talk a bit about um objectives for the overall game and like obstacles i guess as well or threats like what are the main is is it just kind of getting treasure or are there different things are you kind of is there like um an element of you're documenting what's like wildlife under there i think ultimately the the driving the driving um 
force of, of why you want to play is for me the feeling you get when you look up at a wall of tools you've cut like yeah or the same in phasmophobia when you see all your shelves filled with all the things you've bought and how competent you now are at solving problems you know that for me is right. probably the only driving force that i would need of like man isn't it going to be cool when we all get like the best like diving gear and then like we blow the best like things open and then like like i know that kind of gives you quite a hard wall of like progression it's like well once you've got everything what's what's continued reason to do it and i think i think we do need something else um but like i mean maybe time or something like that doing it in a certain amount of time uh something to make you want yeah. to play more what what i was thinking was um are you uh actually looking for rare creatures and you're actually trying to capture one of each kind of creature and take it back for study and then it becomes also like fishing and it's like i got the the 40 kilogram version of this fish or oh, i got the shit, i got the yes. rare blue one of this i love this fishing creature. as well so hell yeah <laughs> um nice yes and yeah like you say i've got like the rare silver cthulhu squid and like you know yeah. it's, it's like cthulhu faced with like then just a cuttlefish back <laughs> and, and like your 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 ship could just have a large aquarium in it so it's not anything yeah. gross like they're all like stuffed and petrified and stuck on the wall it's like no i've got maybe i'm just i'm hunting for to staff my aquarium mm -hmm. with uh with various creatures with crazy deep sea <laughs> stuff which by the way yeah. if you pull to the surface without pressurizing them will just explode um that's why like <laughs> that's why blobfish look like blobfish um so Amazing. blobfish under the water are actually a lot better looking um but if you pull them to the surface too quickly they just ex they, all the nitrogen and air and things in their cells just oh expand and just makes them explode what the fuck so oh any deep sea fish if you pull it up too quickly oh, that usually happens that's not nice so. So yeah. my my thing was similar to what James was going to say, but with a, an extra bit added on was what if it's to do with collecting, but then you use the salvage missions to fund those collecting because yeah. Yeah. just collecting stuff doesn't make you money. Um, yeah. And whether it's that when we were talking about obviously making money and, and gathering tools and seeing this wall of tools, you could always do it where kind of Metroidvania-y where as you unlock these new tools, you can go back to a site and now you have access to new areas because mm. before you didn't have the you know the ability to cut through a bulkhead, yeah. but now yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you can go back in and be like, okay, there's some stuff in there. I can sell that, and then we can get the tools to capture mm -hmm. the big old silver Cthulhu shark. And you're like, great, thanks. So, so it's a kind of campaign now where levels you can revisit and. Uh, Sounds a bit like XCOM, this guy's just standing quite a lot like XCOM. <laughs> um, I was told to mention it, but is there some similarities? I mean, there's a timer. But it's yeah, a timer. No, I, I, I completely agree. I really, I really like that combination of ideas of like, there's, yeah, there's this excitement of getting the biggest fish. Because I, I think this kind of takes me onto something which I'm probably sure you guys have recognized, but I feel like there are like, there are like tenants to the human psyche, right? There are little hooks in our, in all of us that's for some reason always appeal to us. One of them, for example, would be the, the idea of surprise or not knowing what's in something. Right. I think that's mm -hmm. a very human yeah. thing to want to open things and see what's in it. You know, like, like, why do we love opening packets of random cards? Like, what's that buzz? You know, like, yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. see what's in here. And I think that's represented in, in fishing as well, because when you pull a fish up, I think half of the fun is like, what is it? What have I got? You know, like, like you've put this line in into this big abyss, you know, into this dark pool of water. You've got no real idea what's in there. And as you're pulling it up, you're like, there's something I've got. And there's a, there's a buzz there. And I think yeah. that like, like a lot of great games 
appeal to those like little hooks in us that, that sort of like just scratch that little like dopamine itch almost of like <laughs> oh i mean room. yeah if it's a if, if it's like what chris was saying if it's like a metroidvania and you see a door that you know you can't open that's going to be scratching at the back of your mind yeah, for so I long know what's like, behind that door yeah, yeah exactly and finally so, i have the adamantamite fucking drill or whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> and now i can bust it open blow it open finally Let's drill through oh, this wooden door yeah. uh, exactly. it's shit in there but now i know <laughs> i think yeah. it also lends into the <clears throat> the other side of like the human psyche which is we like to have everything complete set so if you oh, like yeah. with fishing you're like i have ne- i've never caught a carp and it's like I want to catch a cup and mm-hmm. I want this thing. It's like with Animal Crossing, I want to get all the fossils. I want to complete the museum. I want to catch them all in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It's like we have this thing where we want to everything to be filled as it should be. And I think that, that you, so you've got two hooks of not knowing what's behind there, but knowing that I can get there if I keep doing this thing and, you know, over and over again or however we want to do it. And also that I need to get in there to then catch this thing so I can then add it to my collection of of mm. animals or, or artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can add that in as well. You can have, here's an artifact collection. Can you find them? They're, oh, they're yeah. hidden. Yeah, They yeah. might just be in plain sight. There might be hidden ones. And then, you know, expansion pack, there's fucking aliens. <laughs> aliens <laughs> down there. Yeah. With their white orbs. And you're like, Shit. And the front cover could be three divers looking over the edge of an abyss with these big bright torches and then this just fucking glowing ball coming up in front of them. And just a be white like, tic tacs, oh, it's all about the tic tacs. Yeah. Like well, you know, like in um uh, what the fuck was it? It has a name that sounds like Guatemala, but it's not. Um the place off of the coast of New Mexico that they say they keep yeah, all the fishermen uh, keep seeing uh silver lights oh, going down into the water and out of the water and all this sort of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um what are the, the wisps. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, but like big ones. Um, and yeah, Real wisps. Anyway, whatever those big glowy balls are, they're using them to look <laughs> at something underwater. <laughs> Guadalupe, uh, you can get Guadalupe. Em. That's it. Yeah, Guadalupe. Yeah. To try and bring everything together, mm-hmm. could it work perhaps as um, if, for example, you know, like in, in Phasmophobia, like you were saying at the beginning, you, you you have you have your houses and you're you're kind of selecting a house to be like this mm-hmm. is uh, like you'll read a little bit about the house and it will give you a bit of info. And then you go in and you figure out what's what's happened there. Yep. With this, could it be there are lots of different sunken ships, and that's what you're mm-hmm. investigating? Perhaps you could have like a, a research module kind of s- scenario. Like another element I really like is yeah. like um, there's a system in a game called Escape from Tarkov where you have a hideout. Oh yeah. Um, and, and in that, basically, you have uh, like tasks you can leave running that take actual time to accumulate. You know, so like there's one called a scav box where essentially you pay some money and then a couple of guys will go out into the world of Tarkov, like you know this is what's meant to have happened, and and loot stuff for you, and then they bring it back in, re- in exchange for the payment you gave them they're like here's what you get so there's like a random chance so i'm thinking for for discovering new dive spots you could almost have like a research desk thing that goes on that you you know you pay a bit of money to or put a couple of like clues into or something like that and mm. that will give you a random chance to discover new dive spots i think i think you'll start with a few that's like you know like i yeah. say you can go and um find the underwater the lost city of atlantis you know you could go and find that or like for example you could go and you know dive through an underwater volcano and or something, something 
something interesting like that you know but yeah essentially dive spots yeah. can be generated on a map um and then you the players literally click them like in phasmophobia and you're there and then bam you're presenting the level perhaps like in terms of also get like visiting these different areas there's incentive to go there not just to get the treasure and to maybe perhaps even find out like what happened to the ships themselves perhaps but also um you're going to get different, you're going to catalogue different creatures depending on where you're going in the world. Yeah, you see have different flora and fauna, definitely. Yeah, 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 for sure. So that, I mean, that'd be a really nice way to do it. You know, like you have, this area is considered really dangerous to dive in, for example, as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, got this, kraken. This, this area is very cold. Uh, you know, you could be diving in the Arctic, for example, you need a special sort of warm layer to keep allow you to dive for longer there or something like that as well. So I definitely think when Smith mentioned Tarkov, the one thing I love about Tarkov is, which sounds really weird, is the inventory management or lack of inventory. I think that kind of systems very much suits this game because you want to pick everything up, but you can't pick everything up. Mm -hmm. And you only have limited space, maybe, and you can research and go, oh, I get two extra slots in my underwater holdall thing. And but you can only fill that with so much. But you also need to take your kit with you. So I think that kind of management, like as a we're going in, what kit do we need to take? Okay, I'm going to fill up my slots with this. Mm -hmm. uh, some of this I know is you know one time use, so it, it doesn't matter if it fills up my slots because I know that I have to. I can use it once and then it's gone, and I can replace that with treasures or or things that we find. And I think yep. mm -hmm. the research side of things with Tarkov is is good as well for maybe expanding kit where you're like, okay, so at the start we have 10 minutes worth of oxygen. Well, if we find enough research objects and, and artifacts, well, we can upgrade our kit to be, well, 12 minutes of oxygen. So we now have this extra time and we can upgrade rather than just money equals new kit. I think there mm -hmm. should be other mm -hmm. routes to that, um, which I think just makes it a bit more replayable and also just gives it another avenue of that other thing we were talking about of wanting to get everything yeah if you give of people progression and reason to pick stuff up and reason to want to pick stuff up then they're not just going in and be like, okay we got the main thing let's go and yeah. it's like hold on there are other things we can get because we need that for that little research thing and i think other goals if optional yeah but they also you know just adds to the, the game a bit more mm -hmm. You got any other goals, James? The no. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that cool. I'm now at odds about with this whole collection thing is if there are three. You brought of it you. up. I know, and now I'm second guessing it because we've got our. I, I I feel like we're drifting away from the core idea of having the bellman and the two divers. Does it does it negate the the like? the collection aspect does it is it like this is our collection or but i want this you know it, it, i is, think is i think thinking I think, about the human emotions is there yeah. like the selfishness of like no this is mine this is my amulet or this is my fish i caught this does you that can sabotage kind of your mate and cut his airline whilst he's down there <laughs> <laughs> betrayal at the bottom of the sea <laughs> yeah. I, don't, yeah. I think I don't in phasmophobia it, it doesn't work that way and I don't know why well, I don't get, think you it get would a share work of money at the end and that's essentially yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. You, you work for the same company that's mm. like it's a it's a unified goal you're all going for the same reasons like whatever's and collected the entire crew gets at the end of the mission yeah. right that, mm -hmm. that makes sense mm -hmm. i it's like a collective the idea that there's a there's a lobby that when you first start playing the game is totally empty it's like this trophy lobby that is 
like there's empty shelves, there's empty areas, empty aquariums, all these different things. Uh, I think the only worry for me about this being like a multiplayer game is if one dude plays it a ton and he's like level 100, he's already got all of this equipment, he's got the entire collection, and then he plays a game with two like first-time players, is he basically just going to carry the team by just bringing so in all the equipment straight away? You, can or? Fi- you, could, you could fix that by making them be the level of the lowest. Like, you, like do you know how in, you, like in MMOs where you scale... Based on okay. your, yeah. what region you're in, I, I you can get just frustrated do that. Where... By that though, like, I feel like you're then kind of getting punished, like for play. I mean, I, I, not to be like I, I am always the one who is the lower level, and people are having to come down to my level. But then, it, <laughs> but I feel like I feel bad for that person who's invested so much time to then be like, oh, I guess I'll I'll, I'll yeah. stoop down to your level to spend mm. some time with you. But like, I don't know if that's their knowledge is worth more than anything they could bring. Like they're, they're like, oh, if you could, you you as a new player could go down an avenue. They're like, don't go down there. You can't open that yet. And that's automatically you've learned something and you've already saved time. So that itself is, I think, enough because you're they're just trying to teach you how to play the game. And it, like I don't know. Yeah, it's sometimes frustrating because you're like, oh, we'll come back to that. But it's also like they don't know what's in there. You know, there's that mm-hmm. the sense of you're just watching someone learn and experience what you did maybe, at yeah. the same time. I, I feel like there's a yeah, there's another there's a satisfying way to solve that that maybe is a because the other the the flip side of that is oh um oh don't worry about you know researching that or unlocking that I, I can just buy that and then they lose out on that. Mm. feeling you felt when you were yeah. like oh i'm gonna unlock this thing and oh i need yeah. this much and they're like no i can just buy there, that there's, there's something really unsatisfying t- for me at least if i'm playing with um like one of the worst feelings i have in games if i if i start a new mmo with someone or something or and then we'll we'll play like the first five levels together and then i'll go offline for a day and i'll come yeah. back and they're like level 80 and they're just they're just like fully <laughs> geared and yeah. and then I, I just feel like, well, I, I don't really want to play. I want to play with you, but I don't really want to play with you because I, I've just lost out on that kind of experience now of just like yeah. doing these things with my friends. Or they'll um, go through the motions and just carry you through the level and you're like, I, I'm missing everything because I'm just being yeah. told or I'm being led through just so we can get to the good bit, you know? The one, the one thing we haven't talked about that much yet is the um, the Bellman. Have we not? What is the the thing that's going to really want to keep people playing? Is the because in Phasmophobia, I feel like a lot of people want to stay in the truck because maybe uh, like they might be a bit uh, frightened by going into the house, or at least initially when they start playing it. Or I mean, it like sounds the feeling like going like, into the water is terrifying. Like I, I think there's going to be multiple unknown. people applying to be the bellman. Going back to like Smith's like initial um, point is that that's that's also one of the things that it should be like the uh, at the core of the game is that feeling of like oh shit I'm you know I'm managing to control. To control the situation and, and keep myself alive, that feeling that you want to get. How, like how does the bellman get that? Is it is it by managing other people and keeping helping them stay alive that you that you yeah. get that? So I think there's always someone, or even if you rotate through, you go, okay, well, I did it last time, you do it this time. There's always someone who wants to be the man in the chair. Um, mm. Like if you say, okay, so Smith's out there, I hear over the radio, can I get more line? And I have to just, I have to release more, you know, hose out because he can't physically move forward more. And he's like, okay. Thanks, and then or it's like a little bit more, a little bit. It's all about com- communication, and you're like, okay, uh, coming up. There's a, I've got a ping on my sonar, thirty meters to your your west, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna. He's like, keep an eye on that, and you're like, okay. He's like, you've got five more minutes of oxygen remaining before I have to bring you back in, and so it's all about the constant communication, and I think it's having to manage all these things 
Uh, there, there probably are shit tons more of uh, mm. things that you have to manage that well, I mean, we don't know about yet. But having to manage all these things is is quite taxing. And I think you, you'll do it. You'll be like, fuck, that was a lot to take in. I'm going to now do the more relaxing job of going out next time and someone else can and can swap in for me or someone some people really enjoy that constant More mental dangerous fucking yeah like seesaw of being like oh fuck okay putting all these yeah. levers and things it, it depends this- what we give them and what we don't give the players because the players are going to be constantly asking questions of what's my depth what's my time of oxygen left what's in front of me you like we know maybe we have a sonar and we can we even if it's just a top-down overview of the wreck and we can see roughly where they are we're like okay in two bulkheads time you turn right uh you should be in the you know the storage room if we give the players nothing then it requires the bellman to be a, a solid someone you can who can provide good communication and constant sort of levels of it's essentially squad and leader and squad, I think. Yeah, yeah like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And that is the value. I mean, what we could also do is we could we could gamify the umbilical element even more. So, obviously, uh, usually at the moment, I think they send down they'll send down their communications line. So they'll have a physical communication line. They'll have a hot water supply to keep them warm at the depth that goes into their suit. Uh, they will have their and their air mix being depending on what that is. You know, that that air mix. I'm not quite sure how it works with saturation diving, but for example, with with scuba diving. Diving, you would change what's in your tanks based on what depth you're you're at um, in terms of so there's something quite famously known wow. as nitrox and heliox for example which are helium oxygen and nitrogen oxygen mixes um, because of the way that pressure affects your body's physiology you um, absorb oxygen at different rates um, at different depths so basically these other gases are used to balance the amount of oxygen so you don't oversaturate yourself with oxygen and get what's called oxygen poisoning which is where you can actually get die of it so it's very it's very complicated but anyway what you could do with the umbilical instead is you know we could do things like if 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 a player's character is starting to panic so say there's a psychological element to it of like you know i feel like panic is probably a good one to to focus on in terms of like they start breathing yeah. harder so they're using more air and then you know they 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 start um you know like things like that um you could have yeah. the the umbilical have a line directly into the body so for example the bellman could in- inject some sort of like uh, diazepam for example which calms the calms the diver back down again equally you could make it as remedials health you know potions so so you could your team could buy like three health potions before you go down that the bellman can then inject into um a certain player's umbilical to to heal them again you know so Mm. it's a very much literally a support um support tank uh relationship in that in that that sense and uh yeah of course with giving the bellman most of the technology so they can see things really clearly but like you say the player only has say a very bright torch um I just think that the the fear that could come from having a useless bellman <laughs> desperately trying to describe the direction of this yeah, giant shark yeah, yeah, yeah. would just create yeah. some terrifying and hilarious <laughs> moments of just like, where is it? It's on your right. Why right? What do you mean? You know, like, it's like, over there. Yeah. Where's over there? Yeah, That's yeah. always a classic. He's over there by the tree. We're in a forest. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. Thanks. Um, I think the, the another good thing is where like, it's all about communication. So if at certain points the bellman uh, say you walk as a as a diver, you go into a, a room and it acts like a Faraday cage, and you, all of a sudden you lose communication or oral kind of um, all statistics of that player, and you're like, I have no clue what's happening. And then he leaves that, and all of a sudden he's everything's tanked, and you're like, oh fuck! And it's just all about those quick reactions. Which, okay, I need to 
Get this over there, this over there. Loading the physical just, health thing, pull the lever yeah, down, just fires the health thing down into his tube, you know, like something like that could yeah. be really fun, especially if it's got yeah. VR elements, which I think it totally Especially could. if it's VR. I yeah, think yeah. The, the issue with, 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 the one issue with VR um, is, especially with environments like underwater and space, is because mm. they restrict your movement. Uh, and in VR, you, you don't get that feedback. So you're mm. moving your hand and the... That either the character has to go along with it, which feels unrealistic because you're in water, you're yeah. trying to sort of go against, or the, the hand moves slower, so it immediately sort of pulls you out. Yeah, um, that's true. From yeah. that emergency. So you, I think there, there's there's different challenges depending on, like one, going VR doesn't solve all the interaction issues. It yeah. creates other issues completely. I think immersive-wise for the player, just being in an actual headset feels like you're in, you know, a... a wearing yeah. a little uh, snorkel yeah. Well, yeah, mask but yeah mm. I think there for, are issues for me the, the, when I first tried the HTC Vive there's um there was a demo where you could sit in the water next to a reef and you had all of these orange jellyfish slowly drift over you mm. uh, and there's yeah, also yeah. another one where you sit on the bow the stand on the bow of a ship and see a whale go by you the visibility oh, that, yeah. the, and the colour are not true to life but that feeling of mm. like looking up and seeing something move through the air in front of you is very mm. accurate to diving like that that is one of the feelings that's like this is really weird. <laughs> you know, like we're <laughs> yeah. used to seeing birds whip by the sky above us and that's about it, you know, but when you're yeah. physically, like you feel small, right? Which is something I, you know, as a six foot five dude is, is unusual for me to look up and see <laughs> a creature slowly shifting around above me is, is a strange experience. Um, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Think, yeah. It, it doesn't need to be VR. It's just with diving games, I feel it works so well because of the nature of yeah. putting the headset on. Um, mm. I would love to see it. However, I've also kind of, I, I like VR games, but I rarely use it because of just simply using the hardware is, is, is taxing, you know, like yeah. until it gets to the point where I can wear VR headset that's as light and easy to wear as my glasses, I don't think I'm going to play that many VR games, basically, you know, yeah. like that's a horrible truth because I love it as a technology. Um, but yeah, yeah like uh, <laughs> I think in order, if, if I wanted to get this made, I certainly wouldn't make, make VR, a, you know, a requirement more of a, mm. if this yeah. will work. It's going to take a while to get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Phasmophobia again, it has VR. You don't have to play it in VR. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah I think that, that feeling of, um, for, for me at least, and um, like that that feeling of, something in the depths or something moving over you that's huge or beneath you. like the idea that that uh just just in real life the idea of that there's there's uh, there are things in the ocean that are so huge that mm. make you just that make you feel tiny like it gives me the same feeling of like you know when there's like a, a huge thunderstorm or something and then all of a sudden you're just like fuck i'm actually i'm actually really small and it's quite yeah i am insignificant it's like, it's a i'm a clever yeah, monkey yeah. but i am a small one <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of that 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 leads me to another question, but actually before Chris, I just want to make sure that you didn't have something else to add to that before I change the subject. No, mine was it's just that I think with this, you just got to nail the atmospherics. And I think if like the small oh, things yeah, yeah. like how in, when you see light shafts come through water, say you're, you're doing that and you can see some light and it, like it flicker, it turns off and then comes back on you. Like something just swam over me. Oh yeah, that. I don't know what that was. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just not going to look up. And yeah. I'm gonna hope yeah. that it's, I'm not gonna look it up. was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. just like, but like I've got one source of light, and then all of a sudden it, it turns off, and then turns back on you. Like, well, something just just swam by. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, so I even love shit. the idea of the bellman. Like, they might have an idea of what it was, and if their communication is bad, and they're like, 
Uh, don't 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 worry yeah, about don't it. Worry, don't worry about it, boys. Just keep walking. <laughs> but what was yeah, it yeah. though? What was it? It's and they're like, fine. "Oh, your oxygen's pretty low." It's like, yeah, like great. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's better okay, that, that you don't know. That leads yeah. me on to the other thing I wanted to talk about, which I don't think we've discussed so far: combat. Like, I assume we're not. We haven't thought about that, and I assume it's not going to be in there. But I, I feel like we should just kind of lock it down either way. Is that something? I, are you ever going to have spear guns? Is there any? Is it like phasophobia? I feel like you have to. Yeah, I'd say so. It. it it's kind of a moderate threat kind of environment. Like I don't really yeah. want to go like full combat, full gore. Like I, I don't want people to be able to shoot through levels. If you know what I mean? Like yeah, well, yeah, let's, yeah. let's let's not bother with process here. Let's just I've just got a big big underwater mm. gun and and that's it. Um, for me, it's like yeah, definitely like spear guns to like you know catch the odd creature. Um, mm-hmm. And also perhaps like a diver's dagger. I think is very iconic, even though like the vast majority of divers don't carry knives like that because it's really dangerous if one of them accidentally <laughs> like gets through your kit. So so this yeah. is actually a, one of these famous sort of bullshit things is that a lot of new divers will buy like one of those big diving knives you know because it's like ah oh, when i walk out of the surf i've got my suit on and my leg holstered <laughs> diving dagger i look so badass <laughs> so a far better tool to buy is a um is a line cutter so you know it's basically like a metal bar with like an indent in it that you can put like ropes and hoses and things and basically pull it and it would cut through the line because the whole point yeah, of yeah. them is if you're ever fouled in any kit or any like fishing nets or anything like that um and you need to get up and out of whatever's going on then the knife is to cut you out of that sort of scenario um but famously obviously i i i think in the game having a diver's knife that you can say like stab a marauding magic shark with in the gill or something yeah. like you know have one of those almost quick times sort of like press f now and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, could be quite <laughs> exciting um and I don't really want to like I don't like killing things and killing animals in real life and I'm very much you know pro animals but equally I think if we make it supernatural enough and not make it like let's go hunt minky whales you know like <laughs> yeah. yeah like yeah. I'm, I'm actually you know a patron of a, of a whale and dolphin charity as well so that's um, <laughs> really got to avoid that um, but like you, you know what I mean like I, I don't I think yeah. like it's moderate I think threat. it should be preventative you yeah, know, exactly. I think you should be able to kill them yeah, I think like, it, yeah, if d- anything defensive. it just dissuades them for time exactly mm. yeah like like electric shotguns net guns and things like that you know like yeah and, and if you do have a knife that that will help that will sometimes dissuade some things away from you then it's in a way it's almost going to feel worse if you do come up against something like a, a kraken i don't yeah. know something where you're just like well for, i can't stab this with my tiny mm-hmm. knife or with my yeah. like i just have to get out of here you're going to yeah. feel really really kind of insignificant then um, Definitely. Yeah. Chris, sorry. The, the, the Tarkov inventory system leans heavily towards that. You're like, okay, I've got my harpoon gun. I have one harpoon spare. One's loaded mm-hmm. in, one spare. Yeah. I have to be, even if it's just a deterrent, I have to be 100% sure that this is the shot I want to take because mm. it might just be swimming close and then by, and then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, why did I shoot at that? I missed anyway, but why did I shoot? Now I've only got one. I, and I think we can go one He's up. got a spare, but... I think we go one up on the Tarkov system as well. What you mean by the Tarkov system, I'm guessing for listeners, is is sort of physical ammunition, physical limitation to it. It's yeah, not just that uh, inventory you space. Have, yeah, you have 18 harpoons, and you know it's like right. You have to put these somewhere in the diving bell. How about in, you know we go one more where inside the diving bell there are mounts for everything because that 
personally, I love that shit, you know, like mm. in the old Hitman game where you had like an area where you had all the guns you'd bought laid out on your wall and things like that. Like, you know, in, if you yeah. can design the interior of the diving bell and the saturation chamber to have like lit literal hooks where the, each harpoon goes and it's like, right, mm. we've got three harpoons loaded in. It's like, right, I've got one. It's in my gun. Like, all right, I've got one on my back. Nice. Let's do yeah. this. You know, like I really enjoy that as well. So yeah, I, I for sure, I, I love that system. I think, I think there's a really nice way we could have um, objects like a flare gun, for example, be used as a as a defensive mechanism as well as like oh I'm gonna yeah. light up this area but this idea that maybe the more stuff you collect the more like maybe I can just use that to bop the shark on the nose or yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I've got this <laughs> I've mean, got like a camera and I can use the flash to for sure to like I'm, stun I mean, something every animal at depth is gonna have um, eyesight adjusted to extreme low light so yeah any kind of bright light would be an a, an excellent way to describe why it's going like that you know flare gun especially <laughs> and I mean even then like you could you can actually look at how light influences the creatures in in each area you know it, it almost becomes a like I, I can't can't name a certain game you know there's plenty of games where like planning your light and your your uh like a uh astroneer for example where you're, you're also mm. sort of placed <laughs> tethers right. to keep your yeah, oxygen yeah, yeah. same sort of thing with light you know you could do like right at this depth there's such large things moving around we need to make sure we don't move outside the light as much as we can you know and, and perhaps that gives mm. us another layer of this almost like fear and there's element. also that thing where you've got bioluminescence at that sort of depth and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. one of our lights is over there and you just see it move and you're like, that's uh, not one of our lights. Uh, exactly. I mean, that'd be <laughs> I don't great, know what right? that is. But yeah. I think also if, if you, this kind of leans quite heavily into phasmophobia, but if, if you go on an expedition, there's also an element of finding, well, what creature could be down here? Mm -hmm. And I guess they also react differently to different tools if you are trying to prevent them. So maybe you're placing loads of lights everywhere and you're like, great, this is going to dissuade this thing. Oh, fuck, it's this one that doesn't care about bright lights. If anything, <laughs> it's, it's attracted to it. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it's blind and it just senses movement in the current. You know, and you all have to stand yeah, stock still instead, you know, like... Or even it, even it's, it sees the light and it's like, great, light, I'll head towards that. So you're like trying to dismantle all your lights yeah. really quickly so it doesn't come towards you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so maybe there's certain tools that can really heavily fuck you up if you take them on this expedition. You get bad luck. Like, oh, it's this thing. Shit. Everyone um, lights out. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that'd be so cool. I'd love. I love that idea. Maybe yeah. the bellman literally just pulls a lever and just shuts all the lights off. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and he has. To, so, so another thing the bellman can do in 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 with saturation divers is if they ever get in real trouble, they get stuck on something. He can literally, or she can literally haul haul the the them back in by their umbilical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in that oh scenario God, it's so like right fun. everyone shut the lights and Bellman you've got to drag us back because like we don't know where the hell we are right now and we can't well, tell just, just reaching for yeah. the treasure and it's yeah. like just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> drop, drop. Go, get it. <laughs> but they can actually pull them back one at a time they can't pull back yeah. both people yeah. or all the yeah. other people yeah. so there's other people that are just standing there just like trying to stay silent like why are you pulling that guy back pull me back <laughs> yeah he's holding yeah. the treasure um, Honestly, okay. I feel like most of this could you you could take away all of the supernatural element and make it all just mundane tasks, and I think it would still be really good. Mm. Yeah, like because mm. it, it, it is if the yeah. bellman's the focus, then that element of fear and everything comes from just them trying to communicate everything. Mm -hmm. it, you, you you could just be like, I need you to go down and press a button, and then the whole like. Try, trying to find the button, trying to like do it in the time. It's like manage keep talking, stuff. nobody explodes. You, yeah. The thing that I think really works about like the Lovecraftian element is that, first of all, like Chris said, you have like it, it lets you kind of have slightly more rudimentary technology. 
um, and you you are limited by that in a way. And also that like you you could still have just like um it, you, there's there's still that threat that element of something something really weird could appear. Like it might not. You might do like a couple of missions. You might not. You might not see anything particularly weird. But there could be something really strange out there, like really dark and really dangerous. And I think that, uh, like that extra layer of fear, I think could could be something really cool. I know. Um, so, Tom, where do you think we are at the moment? Could you give us a quick rundown of of what the game is so far? It's it's a weird mix of um, well, it's not even a weird mix. It's a good mix of like it, it's <laughs> phasmophobia, subnautica, Tarkov. Um, <laughs> Uh, and oh no, I think it's just those actually. Where you've got uh, the museum the from Animal Crossing, the museum, <laughs> the museum from Animal from Crossing, Crossing. <laughs> um, and 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 Mega Man as well. I think there was some Mega Man in there. Because Mega Man, of, yeah, the Metroid, yeah. Sorry, I immediately think of Mega Man X for some reason. Um, yeah, I was where, struggling where to make got... a link there. I was like, I'll, I'll take your word for a Mega Man. Sure, <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, we, it's a multiplayer diving expedition game uh, of serious risk and uh, somewhat realism. I think it's a lot more realistic than Subnautica. Um, where you've got the bellman who is monitoring all of the stats, the maps, the sonar to make sure that these divers can get to safe depths to discover and uncover hidden relics on the ocean floor. But also there might be a giant squid Cthulhu thing in there. There's <laughs> um, always that threat. And as, uh, as the divers, you're using your tools to, to A, identify the threats, but also navigate the wrecks. And as the bellman, you're monitoring their status, uh, making sure they don't die, but also trying to guide them through the the level properly. Um, and I think it's a game, yeah, it's mainly a game of communication, uh, finding a good bellman. There's always going to be one person on the team who is terrible at the bellman. And I kind of <laughs> like the idea that it's random who who gets the bellman. Like, oh my yeah, God. I guess you could say that anyone that could be the bellman when they start the level, it's literally like, oh, there's two suits, whoever jumps into them, you're in. But maybe like Dead by Daylight, where it just flashes on the screen, Bellman. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, I'm the Bellman. I'm so fucking bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you just have to play the level like that. It's like shit. Okay, we have to do it with this guy. Fuck. <laughs> um, and yeah, you, you use your tools to. I I, I kind of want it to be giant squid and Cthulhu creature, just because some expeditions you go on them and it's like maybe there's nothing there at all but the anticipation of there being some fucking yeah. mega creature out there could mm. be terrifying and you finish the level it's like oh cool great well we just got all this money perfect we're going to the next level and it's it's literally Cthulhu who's out there Cthulhu's there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there goes and you have to try and do the level That's like that sense, yeah. um I think I think it's really cool I think yeah it's it's a sort of that phasmophobia I, I need a new phasmophobia because I'm running out on that game. Um, <laughs> but like, it also there's that extra level, that extra layer of your your you're searching these wrecks to amass gold, which you which you then use to purchase new technology and items to help you search wrecks better and things. But then also you're you're amassing this collection of 
of creatures, right? Of strange, mm-hmm. otherworldly Cthulhu creatures. Creatures and relics, yeah. And like your lobby uh, and, is and slowly filling up. And you can send them to up. a science fair to make some money and stuff like that. You know, yeah, like when yeah, you reveal yeah. King Kong yeah. and he's all chained up. And <laughs> yeah. You know that? Like, yeah. here's my TED talk, a giant send him fucking to squid Barnum. in the vat. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah P.T. Barnum, yeah. Like, yeah, okay. exactly. So, Alex, how does that sound to you so far? Are you, are you happy with the, the direction the game the game is I do yeah I, to be honest, I never even I never even thought about the supernatural element to it but I actually really think it fits incredibly well um because of when you're down there and when you see what it's like it does feel very like you can see where the inspiration for these themes and ideas has come from yeah. you know from mm. the natural world um Ooh. what's also really Both interesting about on, uh sorry. Cthulhu and an octopus and things like that and like the whole like tentacled creatures things is there one of so octopus I don't know whether you've watched there's some really good documentaries about living with octopus available at the moment um octopus uh, are one of our most distant relations in terms of animals so we are related to i think something like 95 percent of all cre- we are genetically identify uh, identical to about 95 percent of all creatures and all life on earth right but um and and it uh, Great apes and chimps and things like that were about, I think, ninety nine percent similar to, in some respects, to 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 monkeys. Anyway, with octopus, our nearest closest relation is a um, is a sort of prehistoric grass frond that grew underwater right that is our nearest closest (laughs) relation so a very 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 long time ago cephalopods and octopus split off from us genetically so they are about as close to alien as you can get and so with cthulhu obviously being inspired by sort of cephalopods in its style and all that sort of stuff it actually makes a huge amount of sense um in terms of yeah how, how how different we are and how alien we are to each other so i always find that really interesting Hmm. Nice, yeah, that's cool. Tom, would you would you play this? I feel like I I know I know the answer. Uh, I mean, yeah, it sounds. Uh, if I can find a good team, sure, absolutely. Like, um, <laughs> I think it's just a question of making sure that whoever is the bellman is good at being the bellman, because otherwise, although having a shit bellman, I feel would like also it could be, be super fun, fun with a shit bellman. Yeah. yeah. As long as there's still some way to for people to get back up, you know, like like if you have a ship bellman, you're not hundred percent gonna die. Like you can mm. you still have a chance to get back up there with some yeah, with some I, loot yeah, or you get your knife out, cut both the lines and go back up into the ship. I'd rather cut my line relaying back your to help. the bellman being like the, the the dial is up on the left. I've told you so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that's uh, a great yeah. interaction. I like the idea of of uh, well, it needs to be that the divers are able to complete the task, regardless. But a good bellman massively helps, um, mm. and and I think that that's really good. And I also, man, after playing this game for like eighty hours with a team who's also joined me the entire time, the efficiency of the entire thing has got to be satisfying. It yeah. has to be because <laughs> like completing missions within five minutes would be awesome. I mm. think. Something that needs to be done, like the opposite of phasmophobia in a sense, where phasmophobia, you can spend 20 minutes in a house and it makes no difference, 30 minutes in a house, whatever. I think, like you were saying, where the longer you're in a place, if you're kicking up sand and all of this shit and it starts getting really murky, I think it eventually gets to a point where you can't complete it because you can't see anything. All mm-hmm. the instruments uh. are, you know, getting uh, fucked up by all of the shit that you've kicked up. And it then becomes like that we've wasted our time here we we can't do anything. We can't see anything. We can't like radar isn't picking anything up now. So just go you just back have to abandon like, the mission. Yeah. Come you, back you another took time. Too long. Uh, 
Or maybe something else out there is kicking up all of the all the sand. Tom's just been eaten by up. a giant squid. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, just took him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gone. Um, he's yeah, gone. All right, we'll come back. Yeah. We'll leave him. Bye. Uh, <laughs> and then I lose all my gear. James <laughs> would would make would play. Uh, yeah, hundred percent would make would play. I love it. I yeah. I I have this vision in my head of just slowly walking forwards, low visibility, and then suddenly seeing one of the Kraken's tentacles lying yeah, just, on the seabed in front of you yeah. because he's asleep. Oh. If you bump it, he's going to yeah. go, what the fuck, and just wrap you up and yeah. carry you off. And then yeah, you look down I, and realise you're in a minefield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you look down and you're on the edge of a cliff and you're yeah. like, oh, shit. I, I'm I'm down for that. Love it. Yeah. Chris? Yeah. Yeah, I think the aesthetic lends itself very much to those sort of like sudden like like things going across in front yeah. of you. Mm, yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I really like it. Like the theme and uh, the, the gameplay style fits, I think, you know, just slap thalassophobia on it, the fear of deep water, and you've got a you've got a game there. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. I mean geez, that would also sell off That's the back it. of phasmophobia as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I've got a question. How hard is it to make this? <laughs> like, what do you think? Well, one dude very, made phasmophobia. Oh, very, very 100%, hard. 100% very, yeah. Really? Be, yeah. What makes make it so it? hard? Tom, just because one guy made a game doesn't know how long, how long he worked on it for. Yeah, but... One game, one guy made Stardew Valley. It took him four and a half years. Right. Mm. Well, but, this is what I'm saying. So, but, so outside of how long it would take one man, not, not like, you know, if you... How many people would it take to make something like this? What kind of challenges would there be? What kind of technology kind of challenges would there be? Do you anticipate? I, I mean, think, don't well, worry. I think the question is, could it be networking. done? networking. Could it be made mm. now by any team? I think, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. like, there's the but just the more people like you have, that already. the quicker it will probably get done. And the yeah. more money you have to throw <clears> it, the quicker it will get done as well. I think, I think it could exist easily. Um, oh, yeah. Does money just, just translate into... Idea? Does money translate into just hiring more people to do the work or is there like tools that you'd have to buy that would help you do the work as well? Money translates into either having more people to do it or more experienced people, but less. Like right, if okay. you don't need five guys working on a networking solution, if you have one guy who's done it for 12 years and right. he knows what he's doing and he's like, do it this way. Um, I mean, look at, um, if you look at four guys that if you look at the, Credits the net, like networking server teams like twenty people. It also depends right. how accurate you want your uh, audio to be. Your foley. Are we going to have to hire you, yeah. Alex, to go down diving mm. to record some of this stuff for us? I mean, that's <laughs> that's interesting. That, that, we've got we've got a budget for that, surely. Yeah, guys, I strictly shoot in like the Caribbean though, or somewhere. You know, like right, yeah, okay, so, yeah. I just can't get better. The water sounds better. Yeah, the water sounds better <laughs> yeah. in the Caribbean. The quality of the sound I'm getting is so much better. That's right. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that sort of thing. That's all they're getting. Like, the final game comes out, and every so often you can just hear this guy. Out. <laughs> In terms of the actual, like the cost of tools and things, like I know there's, you know, there, there are lots of different, um, you know, there's a lot of custom tools that people build to make games. But like the, 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 this is the thing that we haven't really discussed that much is actually like getting into like on this podcast at all. It's just like actually getting into game dev, but like the, the, at the very base level, two of the, two of the, the kind of the, the greatest engines at, at the moment for, for, for in, like indie games, Unreal and Unity are both completely free. So just pick up and start making stuff on. Um, mm. And yeah, there's a lot of like other costs, I guess that 
that come with that, right? Like in terms of hiring people and, and, and building your own tools and stuff. But in terms of actually just like opening up an engine and just starting work on at least a prototype, it doesn't oh, cost yeah, anyone anything. Could do it. Yeah, I mean, you um, could do it. You could close this podcast down and start doing it yourself now. Like it's not exactly you listening right now. Don't take this idea though, you bastards. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay, we'll 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 change it to Alex Smith's Philosophobia. Alex Smith's yeah. diving adventure with friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great. Okay, uh, Alex, thank you very much for joining us. That was a that was a long one. I'm sorry we took up so much of your time, but I think it was just so fascinating. We couldn't we couldn't stop well, talking. I'm glad about you it. guys found stuff to to liken it. Thanks yeah. for yeah, it's very, really cool. very enjoyable for me. I'm glad that it wasn't a deck builder. I, I, whilst you're in the bell tower, there is a full solitaire simulator you can do. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That could anyway. be an Easter egg. Uh, yeah. That'd be right, one yeah, of the thanks. collectibles. <laughs> thanks very much uh, for joining us. Thank you for listening, everyone. And um, we'll see you next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye 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 b